Okay, folks, this is the bonus episode 5.5. If you are with us for this bonus episode, it means that you already listened to our other episodes where we are covering Screams 1 through 3 in episode 3, Screams 4 and 5 in episode 4, and in episode 5, we went to the movies where we saw the new Scream 6 a.k.a. Case gets off track and thinks of 30 different titles for a slasher in New York City. There's just so many of them now. Back in the day, there wasn't. Now that I've said all that, this is not really, this was supposed to be our first bonus episode, but we realized that we've just got a lot of different movies that we want to talk about. So, first of all, Carl Casey, White Bat Audio. That is Eternal Night. And again, we're going to be switching that up. Um, Sometimes we'll do a last-minute episode. Uh, if either of us are feeling like it, we said we weren't going to have any beer before we did this episode. Carrie was way more confident about it than I was. She's over there laughing at me. Explain yourself. I knew you could not resist yings and wings. Yingling and wings. But we had the maniac. This 1980 urban decay. <laughs> you think I was doing a vampire? One went blah like Dracula. No, we, oh my Lord. So we, this is really getting, we've had Maniac on this schedule for a while now. Um, when we thought of New York City and Urban Decay, this one might be battling, cruising for the New York City slasher crown. We love Scream, but this episode we honor the granddaddy and grandmommies that came before Scream 6. Scream 6, you guys know all about that slasher New York City. Um, Most often, things like Maniac, things like Cruising, it's not, if you want to label, put labels on things, it's not for the average slasher crowd. More violence, more mentally and emotionally unhinged characters, bleaker in setting, societal issues carry on full display, taboo topics brought out of the shadows. And if you keep coming back for more, You sickos. Well, we love you because the grit, the grimy, the spicy, and the sleazy is on the menu for this episode. But that's just the appetizer. We're going to get into a lot of different topics about urban decay and horror films. Carrie, anything else you want to add before I babble on? Not right now. I'm just enjoying my whiskey. You're settling into this husky voice ever since you did the kiss to the dance. The kissed. Get it right. Um, Kiss of the damned. There's lots of kissing. New York City horror movies, it's got that. It's got that sexual edge to it. That vibe. That vibe. So the main course and the dessert is one individual absolutely when you think about him right away outside of the horror kingdom he's an underappreciated actor and he's got one hell of a performance here joe spinell my paisan um this movie though carrie also stars the excellent 
Caroline Monroe. It has effects by none other than the man, Tom Savini. And oh, what fun we have when we watch late 70s, early 80s Savini work, including when he gets the quirky little roles. I love those roles. Like that. Like I immediately go to um, From Dusk Till Dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, sex Machine with the Crotch Pistol. <laughs> that was is a that, lot of fun. Is that a six shooter? I don't know. Oh, okay, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> so... Um, I want to stop for a second because we're we're about five and a half blah, 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 five and a half episodes in, and I do want to mention that uh, we are starting to get a little bit more back and forth on the social medias, the internets, um, which we love. Again, we we just want to connect with everybody. Um, if anything else, let's create our own little DFM fam here. Um, we just posted our first video over on Instagram, and. Um, we had Mr. Sir 718, who is Frank Bonacci or Bonacci. Frank, uh, listen, I- I'm sorry, brother, if I mispronounce your last name. I-, I should know better. I've got plenty of vowels in my last name. Um, he says, ever hear Joe's, how Joe Spinell was covered? He was a cab driver and one day picked up Sam. If I butchered your name, buddy, I'm going to butcher this last one. Peckinpah, who looked at his hack license on the back of the driver's seat. He remarked that he looked like a killer and that he should audition for this movie they were shooting in town. The movie was Godfather. Ooh, good movie. Hey, Mr. Sir 718, thank you because that is something that we were not aware of in our research. Thank you for that. Again, Joe Spinell, Maniac, 1980, directed by William Lustig, written by C.A. Rosenberg. And it was written by Joe Spinell himself. I think that comes through. Uh, also stars um, somebody that uh, I have to mention because this person was a part of me growing up. And I'm just going to throw it in there. Sharon Mitchell, nurse number two. Uh, you guys know who I'm talking about. Short-haired nurse. Moving on. So quick note on the poster and tagline for Maniac. It reminds me of another one that I mentioned earlier that doesn't really see the light of day. There's an illustrated poster out there, folks, um, around cruising with Al Pacino. It's kind of, I can kind of see why it doesn't go with it because it almost looks like a police academy poster the way they animated. So I'm glad the tagline, I warned you not to go out tonight. We know the maniacs got some mommy issues. He's got some button issues, which is very much in line with the rest of this movie as it relates to Joe Spinell's character. Carrie, did you notice like his buttons unbuttoned on the poster? It's kind of like all the close-ups on his face. When you get into Urban Decay films, you're going to get all the imperfections, whether intentional or not. But yeah, his his stomach's like hanging out of the shirt on the poster. Hmm. Uh, Frank Zito. Self-pride takes a back seat to mental preservation or lack thereof. Oh, yeah. He does a good job during that photo shoot. What are the lyrics? Heading for a showdown. That needs to be on my playlist. Um, and the date that he goes on. He takes her out to a nice Italian meal. It's, it is Italian, isn't it? I think it's Italian or I'm seafood. We're probably wrong. Duping some ladies. But hey, that is just the character's perspective. Uh, We, the audience, are with Frank. And I think think Jake's going to touch on this a little bit later. 
for better or for worse, sweaty, bloody, grimy, panic, hallucination-stricken celluloid, mannequin roller coaster ride that is maniac. Yeah, you you get a different set of feeling when watching this movie like you're on the ride with Frank. Wholeheartedly agree. And you feel bad for the women in almost every movie, especially ones where you feel like it's got that exploitation edge to it. And there's a lot of that in the 60s, 70s, 80s films. Um, but uh, I this movie's got a ton of strong women. I mean, everybody goes to Carolyn Monroe right away. But there's another woman I'm going to touch on later when we talk about favorite kills. Carrie, I'm going to let you take this right now where okay. we're going to first start out. Let's talk about the sub-subgenre of urban decay and what makes an urban decay film. Well, what it is. I think you have the crime element. The streets, they're not exactly safe, especially at night. Uh, you know, these movies, they come out al- alive at night. <laughs> they come out. <laughs> the maniacs come out at night. Hey, who doesn't? <laughs> we need a, a Joe Spinell neon maniacs crossover. Not, not really. No. The maniacs fine without the neon maniacs. I wish the neon maniacs were wearing neon. That would have made it that much better. Um, or that their blood was neon. <laughs> something. Or their clothes were neon. <laughs> the clothes alone would have been better. Okay. Okay. Off subject. So think seedy. It, it gives you this feeling of eesh and you're grimacing watching this movie as it, it, it should make you feel that way. It gives you a ride into the underbelly of the society. And to this day, there are those that live in that world. And, you know, there's a debate to be had about whether or not we're slipping back into some of this. Although you could say maybe it never really went away. That's a really interesting thought. I mean, why haven't we gotten anyone to start dipping their toe back into the urban decay sub sub genre? I don't, why is that? I think we need to do a deeper dive on that subject because I, I think there are some newer movies that touch on that, but maybe it just with technology doesn't have the same look. You even think about remakes, like think about assault on precinct 13. Yeah. That's an urban decay film. That is. I mean, they did that. If we're going to talk about remakes that we actually like, we actually liked the one with Ethan Hawke. Yes. Is it the original John Carpenter one? No, no it's not. But, but it's we got, enjoyed the original it's too. Got, yeah, it's got its... But so there's an instance where somebody did a new-ish version of an Urban Decay film. Anyways, even if it wasn't original. Yeah. So is it because back then, during the time of the late 70s and early 80s, maybe the material was too real? I mean, you had the Times Square killer. I mean, you're still in the thick of this era of serial killers that are just terrorizing the city. I remember they had that documentary mm-hmm. on Netflix about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, oh yeah. The era of Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. I mean, even at this point, you remember the Zodiac killer, uh, 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 um, excuse me, the Zodiac killer. I need more water. Um, remember he released that exorcist letter. He went to the movies, to see yes. the exorcist about, I don't know, five or 10 years earlier. But, um, 
that is the area the area well new york city was an area of serial killers as was the pacific northwest but that's a whole other subject and we're going to talk about stuff like that i think we're gonna have like the town that treaded sundown episode about the texarkana killer anyways gary go for it so this material was really you know x rating oftentimes found in grindhouses not normally consumed by regular theaters i mean i think some of this you weren't even even able to easily rent no you times. had to go to i think different sections in a video store to rent it different sections or you would like somebody went in and like oh yeah this or I got somebody it from this, you knew i got it from this video store that's like 30 minutes away or yeah. whatever i i don't remember maniac being in my eagle video no i i think eventually but i there were some like that mm-hmm. that was like uh i and I didn't see cruising at all. No, I, I actually never. Our video store never had cruising, no. which is a which is a shame. Yeah, but that's another story. So back then, you know, a lot of places they refused to rent out movies like Maniac or Cruising, for you know simple reasons that a maybe they weren't popular or b the material. Um, you'd have to travel to get to some of these think about censorship in the 80s oh, they yeah. were trying to censor the mainstream slashers like freddie and jason i know now you go one further and the, and the and some of that is a hard r okay but this this is definitely x well which what we call like terrifier right. unrated territory or yeah. non-rated i don't forget what it's called but yeah i um, mean they didn't make a lot of money so i think that was part of it too the fact that they didn't bring a whole lot of money for people to rent it um, and you also had big time actors that stayed away from these films because of the association. I mean, <clears throat> in fact, you can find a lot of articles where Pacino wants nothing to do with talking about cruising. I'm not sure if that is still the case or it ever was. While these were very controversial and oftentimes the material was taboo. And it's a shame because, you know, material is material. It's a story. A story that, you know, should be told because this does happen to people. Um, That dripping atmosphere, it's entertaining and often leaves your jaw dropping from time to time and it gets people to talk. I love that you used, you described it as dripping atmosphere. That's, yeah, cracked sidewalks, broken dreams. It usually is bleak and Mm -hmm. despair. I think Assault on Precinct 13 might be one of the few where you're like, oh, hell yeah, that was fun. I mean, yeah, look, we're all demented that we love Maniac and Cruising or whatever. It, listen, we're horror fans, right? So we love all that kind of stuff. But if you're trying to, if you're thinking about getting somebody, hey, you you know, you should really get into horror. You don't start with the Maniac. No. You don't start with Cruising. I mean, maybe some people did. <laughs> Uh, but no, that I would be like, hey, have you, you seen Nightmare on Elm Street? You, you might want to start into there. It. Yeah. You know, Friday there's the 13th. Cute, there's this cute little movie, <laughs> Friday the 13th. Uh, I'm not sure if you're ready yet, uh, if you haven't started I, into horror. I, I remember when we first our had our... kids are nowhere near no. going to see this anytime soon. We had our nephew, whenever he was younger, we used to watch horror movies. And of course, with permission from his parents. We we would we, have Friday the Thirteenth marathons. Yes, before I we had kids. Yeah, I remember. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, can you imagine showing him Maniac? This is like <laughs> one of his first horror movies. No, he way. probably would have never the came mater- back. <laughs> the material alone is not appropriate. We would have had a talking to from our extended family. <laughs> so, I I'm gonna circle back to some of what you just talked about. 
Um, what does it say about right now that, pardon me, these films are more popular than they ever were. There's more acceptance of these films nowadays, Carrie. Nowadays, Carrie. Sounds like a nickname. You're in, you're my nowadays, Carrie. There isn't the taboo. I'm that, not your nowadays girl. That's for sure. You're my Valentine girl. <laughs> hey, listen, folks, we did go to a new kids concert. It was awesome. So not, <laughs> darn it. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, you've got, you know, nowadays, you've got the privacy of your home. What movie you want to stream. You're not having to walk into a store where you at least have to face the person who's checking out your purchase for you. You don't run the risk of running into somebody you know, and you might not want that person to know you're consuming it. Um, have we moved past the taboos completely? I think that's up for debate because, you know, streaming, it's that nice little black bag over your Amazon purchase. Um, listen, I, I'm all for the physical media. I'm actually super mad that I didn't keep all my DVD covers. Remember I tried to, like, I tried to talk, tell you, I tried what? to tell you that you're going to regret that. I regret it. I and remember you just in college, like to get rid of stuff. I know. I, I'm like automatically, <laughs> nope, that's been sitting there for a while. Get out of here. Guys, I've got all my DVDs and Blu-rays from, you know, the past 25 years or whatever. Or 20. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be close to 25 years since the first DVDs. Right. Um, but anyways, yeah. Carrie, we're going to move on. What is one word or a phrase or a thought that you use to describe an urban decay film? I have two. Mm. Dark <laughs> and sad. Wow. I was so tired to begin with before we started recording and the way you just said it completely deflated. <laughs> Sorry. Dark and sad. I feel dark and sad after the way you just said that. Um, <laughs> Which is have a, a whiskey no i don't want any more alcohol while you just gave me that feeling actually let me correct it she didn't give me that feeling that was all on me so i feel that was a great way to segue despair dark despair and then the, again the dripping atmosphere the sleaziness the sex i kind of some of the scenes you feel like you're gonna get an std just watching these definitely need a shower it's that feeling it's like ace ventura oh my god um wait how does ace ventura come into this the the feeling of needing a shower trust me there's an ace ventura scene where he's crying in the corner in the shower okay i don't watch it yeah well i know that's not your thing jim carrey and i love jim color is your thing yes but maybe like your your jim carrey thing is more like once bitten Oh, yes. Um, and everything in living color and whatnot. So, um, dude, he was awesome as the Riddler. Anyways, that weren't Riddler Jim Carrey. That we're movie, talking about that Maniac, movie, and we made our way to Jim Carrey Riddler. <laughs> that movie was not good, but Jim Carrey as a Riddler was good. What's his character's name in Once Bitten? Mark. Mark Swanson. Is I think. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Mark Swanson? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I hope you're so wrong. <laughs> I gotta look this up now. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, she's looking up Jim Carrey as Mark in Once Bitten. How we got there in an Urban Decay discussion? It's a slippery slope with us folks. So, of course, I wanted you to talk next. So, pardon me. We'll go to me first. So, you know what? Here's some modern day ones. The Purge. That's a modern day Urban Decay. Carrie. That is. 
Do I have your attention? No, you don't. Okay. Mar- oh, Mark Kendall. I was wrong. You know somewhere there's a Mark Swanson. <laughs> in in the multiverse, his name is Mark Swanson. I should have known better. Okay. Remember how we talked about the direction in which you were going to talk into the mic so your voice didn't get lost in an echoey cavern? I'm getting the death stare again, folks, and the middle finger, too. Read between the lines, case. So, Candyman, Carrie, Candyman. And I even liked the new Candyman. Did you watch that with no, me? No. Oh, you... there's another sneaky movie review where you go to sleep, <laughs> and I watch something you don't want to watch, and then I get to talk about it with oh. other people who appreciate me more. <laughs> I think I was still Why sleeping. <laughs> I love the new Candyman. I actually, isn't that Jordan Peele? Yes. I, that's actually my, even though that's not his original idea, that's actually my favorite Jordan Peele. I did enjoy Get Out. I did enjoy that. You know what? I You haven't watched this either. That's another sneaky review. It's of uh, Nope. You have not watched no. Nope. I have watched Nope. It, it's really like Jaws. Folks, he watches a lot of these movies when I'm still in bed in the morning. With um, other ones. The Driller Killer. Carrie, before I go on and ramble, what are your two urban decays that you think of? Mm. Dawn and Land of the Dead, for sure. Yeah. And I, yeah, I said Driller Killer, even though I didn't. So there's another Joe Spinell film. And by the way, um, we cannot forget, and I know you haven't watched this either. Or no, you did watch yeah, it. I Remember did. I pulled it up on the you Fire did. TV? Okay. Yeah. There's a seven to eight minute short, I believe, that we saw on Maniac 2. Check that out if you haven't. What would have been? I think Joe Spinell was really aiming for that movie to come together. I think he really wanted their project. Guys, check out how Joe Spinell passed away. It's actually really, it's kind of mysterious. I haven't done a deep dive, but it, it's its a little sad. And he, on Carrie's point, dark and sad. But um, so anyways, we're going to move right on, folks. Other films that aren't horror that feature Urban Decay. Okay, I like this one, Carrie. Go for it. So I came up with taxi driver yeah it's the obvious it's the obvious one and you know what i mean that isn't horror but it's gritty that's that's yeah that's horror adjacent i mean you can make an argument the taxi driver is horror adjacent um what's what's another one um you came up with one that definitely was not horror but when you said it i loved it yeah so west side story the the original and you know nobody's gonna say hey tell me about urban decay films I don't know too many people that are going to break up West Side Story, but it really, the more you watch West Side Story, the more you do get the darkness and, and the sadness. But the color of the the clothing is so brilliant. The use of it in, behind the backdrop and the songs you have, some of the songs are bleak and you have some of the songs are just bright and colorful. It's It's really indicative. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to look bleak in color, lighting, vulgarity. Urban decay means a lot of things. That that's you make some good points. Hey, Carrie, to your point, Marlon Brando on the waterfront is oh, a great. Yeah. That is a great non-horror urban decay example. Yes. Uh, here's some other ones, and I can't believe it took me this long to discover the one I'm about to talk about or just mention. James Caan in Thief. I love that movie, and I've only discovered it in the past year or two. Um, it's just got that, I wish horror, the new horror films would go back to 
some kind of hard to see shadowy moments. Um, not everything has to be, uh, you know, an ultra focus and you can see every little detail. Sometimes your imagination yeah. can be. But Thief is a movie that reminded me about how movies used to be made, and especially in Urban Decay. It's gar it, Gart. It's Gart that darkness to it. Um, gosh darn it. And yeah, it's got the grit. And I'm not even just talking about film grain. You know, everybody's trying to make everything look retro with the film grain filter. <clears throat> Oops, I hit the mic for the millionth time. Joker. If you're talking about Taxi Driver, you got to go Joker. Um, that's a great tribute to Urban. Not a tribute. It is Urban Decay and a, and a tribute to Taxi Driver, really. Yeah. And we, we mentioned Assault on Precinct 13 uh, earlier. Um, anybody out there, reach out to the Mail Wolf. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram. Let us know what's your favorite Urban Decay horror film or non-horror film. And what was one that you're like, hey, guys, <laughs> dumbasses, you forgot to mention this one. Carrie, we're going to move on to death and effects. Okay. I'm going to let you take the lead because I think we would have like go fisticuffs over getting to select <laughs> this one. And yeah, it's kind of the obvious one when you think of Maniac, but yeah, but it, it's a great scene. I mean, Tom really Sa blows me away. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. Wow. Tom Savini. Waka, it's, waka. it's really the best one. I mean, you have in the, he's in the car with his lady friend and most slashers, you're, you're going to get this throat cut, stabbing, nope. Maniac completely destroys Tom Savini's head and not clean off. It's a splatter matter absolutely everywhere. I mean, you want to talk about gore, gore for back in those days. And actually, when you think about Savini's head coming off, I would like to see the correlation or excuse me the timeline of when he filmed friday the 13th 1980 and when he filmed this because the way the head explodes and the way it's shot and the way you see it come off the rest of his body it's very similar to mrs Voorhees' head i mean yes. her head didn't get splattered everywhere no I mean, was that was a clean cut by, yeah chopped off by alice 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 next to the canoe at the end of F13 the original. But yeah, it's just got that. If you do, we need we need a GIF comparison mm -hmm, of Savini's uh, What is his character's name in that movie? Does he have a name? I don't know. Mr. Horny <laughs> in the car. <laughs> but uh <laughs> it's a story, a maniac and Mr. Horny. Um and one day blew his head off with a gun. Sorry. Um, I'm going, my God, my God, I'm going with what I consider to be both the most unsettling and it's heartbreaking. You talked about sadness and despair. Abigail Clayton's character. You can see that she does have like a flickering of understanding of Frank's pain, but it doesn't save her one bit. Uh, moving on to soundtrack, Carrie, um, that, the photo shoot song. It's the most catchy. It's disco-esque, um, which is indicative to that that era. Yeah, it's like right at the start of the end of disco, right. post-disco. Um, it's, it's really interesting when 1980 comes around. Really, disco, it's, pro it's still, still carried still on surviving. into the early 80s, maybe until like 83. You remember Friday the 13th, 
part three, that's 1982. And that's yeah. a disco theme. I know. So people who think like Saturday Night Fever, like disco, you think like what, 75 to 78 Eight. or something. But no, yeah. it's, it's, it's it still goes alive. Into the early 80s. Yeah, it's still alive and well in the 80s. It's just you're starting to get some synth or rock mixed in. I mean, hey, even at this point, Kiss did a disco yes, song. They did. So you, that's what I mean. You, you know. started having the rockers. You, yeah. Disco's huge when the rockers start doing the disco. And uh, horror ain't too proud to do the disco either. Oh, no, they're not. Matter of fact, that's another might, element. Out of every genre, that's not <laughs> that's not a John Travolta disco movie or, or similar. <laughs> and we love that movie too, by the way. I got a strut. Kids love that movie. They have not seen Saturday Night Yes, Beam. they did. We showed it to them. Yes. Uh, okay, yes, so... Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm just yes because our daughter wanted to go to dance class after seeing that. I'm a terrible father, apparently, for not understanding (laughs) why my daughter enjoys dancing now. So I'm gonna note the theme, and that. Oh, I I didn't actually say this. The name of the song. We talked about it earlier. Oh well, I'm gonna mention it again, just for the hell of it. Going to a showdown. Yeah, and that is by Don Armando's Second Avenue Rumba Band. That is pretty cool. I'm gonna that have is. to look more into that. Like, I almost wanna, I wanna get the Maniac soundtrack on vinyl, and then I also want to get Don Armando, um, because this De- Deputy of Love album, I need to see more of this. This reminds me of like, uh, what's the group Hal Bazaar? That's a very bizarre album cover. I want to know the meaning behind Don Armando's second. Maybe Avenue there is band. no meaning. Some of those... there's got to be because that's a very purposeful choice. Not unless, anyways, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> whole episode of Roomba bands. Um, <laughs> now this is your fault for getting me that off track. Oops, hit the mic for the second time this episode. Um, I'm going to note the theme and that all I have to say is one track is called Apocalypse New York and that describes Urban Decay films perfectly. Um, as in, it's the end of days for our maniac. And no, Carrie's laughing when I said <laughs> end of days. I'm not, <laughs> I am not referencing your least favorite. Is it your least favorite Schwarzenegger movie? Uh, listen, you know, I, I had a cousin who talked me into going to see this in theaters, End of Days. It was not a good movie. I love Schwarzenegger. I, you know, I love some of the other actors in that movie. It, it just, it was a nice concept. So. It, it just did not deliver. <sighs> we should have a Schwarzenegger and horror. No. No. There's not too many of them besides what we all, we are doing Predator yes. later this episode. Later this episode, and folks, stick around, folks. It's a four-hour episode, including Predator. I promise, there's going to be a surprise in that episode. I'm not going to say what it is during Predator. Yes, the Predator episode surprise. Yeah. Okay, this is going to become a thing now across the. That's a long time until the Predator episode. I already mentioned this to you. It's not a surprise to you. Every episode from here on out until you tell me what it is, I'm going to say, Carrie, is it time to tell me the Predator surprise? (laughs) Except I already told him. So. <laughs> he forgot. Shutty. So reaction and rating. I'm going with four out of five flamethrowers. Torch it. When you think of horror and urban decay and you think of a gritty slasher, this is the epitome for Creature. Um, we wish we got to see the full Maniac 2. Rest in peace, 
Joe Spinell, my paisan. I gave this a three out of five. It from and it's just a matter of it's watchable. You end up feeling sympathy for Frank, which is an unusual feeling for this type of movie. And you really do feel for him given you know, some of the events that transpired when he was a child. Thank as you for a mother, mentioning that. Yeah. As a mother, you do feel very, you know, sad about that. Oh, I felt even worse when we saw that seven and eight minute short clip of um, Maniac 2. Yeah. Where he's listening to that letter from the boy about his about that boy getting abused. And you can just tell he's like replaying everything. He's like, yeah, yes. kid. Oh, and in the short, he tells him who beat him or abused him or whatever terrible thing oh. it was. And he goes and shows up at the chef's kitchen who beats the kid and destroys him. He boils his face. So uh, Frank has got, he's got a side that you, you like, can you, ima- can you, you imagine the human being that Frank would have been if he wasn't abused? He would have been a very sensitive, very loving, loving person. person. He would yeah. have risen above a lot of stuff, but that just and the destroyed things him. that he could have gone. He never had a chance. No, he never had a chance. And this is where, this is talk about a ripple. Oh yeah. All these characters in this movie because of Frank's upbringing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hope his mom's rotten in hell. Yeah. Um, overall. It, it definitely has some weird moments, this movie. I would have liked to have seen a little more storyline. Maniac line. 3, Frank Zito's mom returns <laughs> from the death. From the death. From Ooh. the de- Yeah. Oh, versus Pamela Voorhees. <laughs> there we go. So overall DFM rating, 3.5 out of 5 flamethrowers. As is often with Urban Decay films, you need to be in the mood to watch something like Maniac or Cruising or Frankenhooker. Hooker. It isn't going to be a representation of what a larger audience would want to see in a slasher. But it is tailor-made for horror hounds um, who love, like us, going diving ever so shallowy or maybe deeper into the dumpsters of despair. You're along for the ride, whether you like everything you see or not. Well, listen, guys, that brings us to intermission time. Um, The RSS community, check our bio links on the socials, uh, helps us distribute our free segment, Comfy Horror Movie Reviews. Spotify, Amazon Music, Pandora, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Deezer. Uh, You can find our free segments on our Facebook group and YouTube channel, our main hub for our extended episodes, including segment two. Why were you talking like an airline stewardess? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Here's your exit to your left. Sorry. (laughs) Including segment two. You're you're, you're good. Really? Really? Are you going to do this now? (laughs) Mansplaining, I guess. Keep on. Horror, etc. Where we discuss all things horror, like literature, personal haunts, and more. We are also on Patreon and Anchor. By the way, we have our first patron. Linda, thank you so much. We've got some other tiers to consider as well, if you can. If you if you would like to support us and mean the world to us, um, we're horror junkies just like you. We'd love to add even more content um, and have you, our lovely listener, have a bigger say in what movies we do cover um, and just connect. If not there, <clears throat> excuse me, reach out to us on our socials. Um, we, we'd love to know what are some movies that you're not just, you love and you just don't hear a lot about. We'd love to do an episode just where we do nothing but chat with fellow horror hounds. So, yes. Oh, wait a second. Oh, the male wolf is early and he's, he's excited. Um, 
Yeah, boy, that that's fine. Go ahead. Okay, let's hear what Jake, the Midnight Traveler, has to say. Case and carry. I warned you not to go out tonight. Every time you go out, this kind of thing happens. And it winds up in another letter. Who knew mommy issues could be so damn violent? Greetings, my friends. This is the Midnight Traveler writing to you from an island. An island that houses more madness and mayhem than a Waffle House at three in the morning. Well, maybe not that mad, but damn close. I heard that you are covering the original 1980 horror classic Maniac. Well, you know that I've got a few things to say about it, and if you are so inclined, I'll be happy to share it with you. It was the summer of 03, and I was working a brutal summer job at A&K Pallet Company in Glenshaw, PA. Not that I'm against hard work, but this was just rough and dangerous, and I'm amazed that I didn't shoot a nail through my hand or get crushed under a mountain of lumber after two summers. Still, the money was very good, but the hours were bad. Anyone who can work a 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. shift indefinitely is clearly made of sturdier stuff than this night owl. With this being the case, I lived for those summer weekends where I could stay up late. One Sunday night, I took this movie from Hollywood Video on McKnight Road and took it to the house of my horror brother Todd, who had some IBC root beer waiting. Simple fact is this. If you've seen this movie, then you remember it. Period. It is not something that washes off anytime soon, and for good reason. The superb direction of William Lustig, the boundary-pushing effects work of Tom Savini, and the compelling acting of Caroline Monroe and the one-of-a-kind Joe Spinell make this an overlooked classic and an essential film for any horror fan. The harrowing story of Frank Zito and his descent into murder and depravity is brutally portrayed here in full, lurid color. I've got a hand at the cinematographers here. Those intense close-ups on the sweaty, pockmark-riddled face of Spinell as his demons torment him in his blood-splattered apartment hurl you into this world of terror in a way most films either fail or simply refuse to do. Like it or not, you're in Frank's world, and you will see every gritty detail of his life from the opening of the film until the very end of the credits. It's rare that a film like this can be so confrontational, but Maniac is just that. You don't have anywhere to go once it starts. You are right there with Frank, and you will find yourself both sympathizing with him at times while being repulsed by him the next. Spinell is impossible to ignore in anything that he's in. Brutality aside, this is still a very good film, and is an interesting case study in madness and its origins and outcomes. Oh, and the kills are epic. Seriously. Some of them will make your head explode. That about does it for me on this one, Horror Hounds. Until next time, be sure to keep an eye out for anyone who seems to be following too close or simply staring at you a little bit too long. They might just want to take you home and keep you forever. See you next midnight, Jake. <laughs> Jake really um, summed up Maniac quite nicely there. 
Guys, we will see you for segment two, Horror Etc., other works of Joe Spinell and Caroline Monroe. That's it. See you soon. Send lust in her eyes. A woman of flesh becomes a venomous viper. Plunging her fangs into warm flesh, she sucks the life from the bodies of men. She comes to entwine men in her arms. They wanted love. She gave them terror and death. Watch out! Do you think you could love me? Only the cobra could satisfy her unearthly desires. Of course. If you want to escape from me, you still can. If you dare. Night of the Cobra Woman. The most terrifying picture you will ever see. Night of the Cobra Woman. From New World Pictures. In color, rated R.